Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. I'm recording this short podcast on the 6th of July, 2020, so belated happy 4th of July to my American listeners. I want to address an issue today that I have kind of talked about a bit in the past, but it keeps raising its ugly head. First, I want to make an allusion before I discuss this particular topic, which of course is terrorism-related. I'm pretty sure most people have seen the Indiana Jones series, right? The first one was great. The second one, Temple of Doom, was actually pretty, pretty bad. Uh, The last one was cool. That was when uh, Sean Connery played as his dad, and it was the Last Crusade. And there's this really cool scene at the end where they claim to have found the goblet that Jesus Christ used at the Last Supper, and apparently it has some kind of magical qualities, healing qualities. And of course the Nazis want it because the Nazis are going to use this otherworldly energy or whatever you want to call it to win the war, etc., etc. And there's a scene where this Nazi sympathizer figures out he has identified the correct chalice, the correct cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper. And it's this beautiful gold encrusted thing. And so he takes a sip from it and then he uh, he shrivels up and dies. <laughs> Uh, and there's this there's this Knight Templar or whoever he is, an old knight that's been there for like two thousand years. Suspend your your credibility here for a second. But there's this knight that's been watching over the goblet in case you know bad guys get it. Why lets the Nazis in? That's a whole other issue. And when the Nazi guy shrivels up and dies, uh, the knight looks at him and, and he deadpans. He says he chose poorly. And then of course Indiana Jones chooses the right one. Blah blah blah. Movie ends. Nazis defeated. I want to go back to this knight's saying about he chose poorly to talk about foreign fighters. And by foreign fighters, we're referring to individuals from Western countries and other countries around the world who made the very conscious, deliberate decision to leave their homelands and go join Islamic State or Hayat Tahrir al-Shams or one of the other many terrorist groups fighting uh, in Iraq and Syria over the past five to six, seven years or, or so. Estimates are between 30 and 1,000 people made this bad choice. They chose poorly to go fight with ISIS. Uh, some of them died. Good. Dead terrorists is a good terrorist, as I am want to say. Uh, some are still around. That's not good because not sure exactly where they are and what they're up to. And then there's this cohort that have been captured. They've been captured by the Syrians and or the Iraqis and or the Kurds and or the Turks. And there's now there's this big debate as to what the heck did we do with these people? And most recently, there was an article in the Canadian media by some people whom I know quite well saying Canada has an obligation to repatriate Canadians who are being held in refugee slash prison camps in that part of the world. They want to come home and they've changed their minds and Canada can't just let them suffer. Uh, not surprisingly, I'm not uh, for that position. I'm actually quite against it. And, and the reason why I wanted to raise this today is I came across an article in Balkan Insight, which is a, a web page I read on a daily basis about what's happening in the Balkan area of the world. It's I want to just uh, give you a few excerpts from this particular article. It's entitled, Balkan States Find Prosecuting Terrorism a Challenge. Evidence in terrorism cases is proving difficult to find, while experts warn that the reintegration and rehabilitation of foreign fighters is an ever greater challenge. Yeah, no shit. This is not an easy thing to do, and I get really impatient with people who say, well, we'll just bring them home and, you know, we'll charge them. Charge them with what based on what? 
the bottom line is it's really hard to get evidence in a war zone at the best of times. And who knows if we can actually gain that kind of evidence in Iraq or Syria. Secondly, if you can't charge them, or if you do charge them and fail, then what? Oh, we'll just de-radicalize them, as if there's some kind of magic wand that people pass over these terrorists' head and, and they, it extracts the neurons that led them to join ISIS in the first place. My position has been very clear since day one. Canada, or any other nation, has absolutely no obligation to go out of its way to repatriate, rescue, bring back, pay for airfare, put in a canoe, I don't care what you want to call it, anybody who joined a terrorist group. Canada can't stop you from coming back. You have a right as a Canadian citizen. And I'm not in favor of citizenship revocation, which some countries have done. But we have absolutely zero obligation to go and find you. None. Zero. And the reason why? Choices have their consequences. Like the Nazi who chose the wrong goblin in the cave and he shriveled up and died. Those who elected to join ISIS or Hayat al-Shams or whatever in the early 2000s made bad choices. And they have to pay the price. I've maintained that the children, either those that were born under Islamic State or in that area of the world, or those that were dragooned with their parents, should in fact be repatriated. And I'll go one further. Not only should they be brought home to Canada, they should be removed from their parents and placed in either state care as a worst case scenario or with extended family. And there have been many cases of extended family who did not support the decisions of their sons and daughters, brothers, sisters, whatever, and are willing to raise the children. These people have proven themselves beyond a shadow of a doubt. They are not qualified parents. They are unfit to parent a child. Any moron who brought a kid to the Islamic State is, by definition, somebody who should not have custody of a child. Now, for my position, I've been called someone who advocates kidnapping. Kidnapping. As if we don't already remove children in danger in this country on, a, on an all-too-regular basis. Kids that are being sexually abused, kids that are being emotionally abused, kids that are being physically abused, psychologically abused. How is this any different? How is this any different than what happens in Canada with alarming frequency anyway? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And as for this notion, well, you know, we can just de-radicalize them. Again, where's the proof? Bottom line is, these people committed offenses, which we may or may not be able to prove in a court of law. Secondly, those offenses were not committed in Canada. Yes, the one offense they committed was to leave to join a terrorist group. That's part of the criminal code. What they did in Iraq and Syria, there may be video proof, there may be audio proof, there may be eyewitness proof, we don't know, is a crime committed in Iraq and or Syria. That is the jurisdiction that should try them, not Canada. They need to pay the price where their crimes were committed. And then if at some point we have an extradition treaty or a swap, that's fine. I don't know that we have extradition with either Iraq or Syria. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But who are we to tell the Iraqis and the Syrians whose governments we disagree with? We do disagree with their, their methods. We disagree with their motives. We disagree with the way they do things. Who are we to tell a sovereign nation, you can't try, you can't hold, and if necessary, you can't execute my citizen because he's a Canadian or she's a Canadian? Who the hell are we to be so arrogant? Who are we to hold such hubris over the sovereign rights of another nation? I may have used this example before, and I apologize for being repetitive, but if you go to Singapore and you get off the plane, before, while you're on your way to customs and to get your baggage, there's a big sign that says, drug users will be executed. It's the death penalty for drug use in Singapore. And they're having cases where the Singaporeans have killed Westerners. Sucks to be them. That's the law in Singapore. You don't know the law? Sucks to be you. You should be better informed. I don't know why any country would lift a finger to help these people, with the exception of the children. As I've said, the children should, in fact, be brought home. 
And that, in fact, seems to be what's happening. Very few nations are doing anything in this regard. The Canadian government has washed its hands of it. Many other governments in Western Europe, the Brits have, the Brits have stripped citizenship, even where they only had one citizenship, i.e. British. Now, again, I don't advocate that particular stat, but I'm not telling the Brits what they can and cannot do with their own laws. I'm not British. They have a right to do whatever they want. We would be foolish to bring back foreign fighters. We don't know what's in their head. We don't know what they did. We don't know what their allegiance is to Islamic State or other groups. We don't know what they're planning. We don't know whom else they can influence, radicalize, mentor, urge, coach, whatever, the paradox of terrorism in Canada. They chose poorly. Leave them where they are. I would be very disappointed in a government that chose to do otherwise. And in fact, I'm a little surprised, I'm pleasantly surprised, that the Trudeau government has not taken moves to date to actually bring these people back. It's the kind of thing one would expect for the Trudeau government, yet they haven't done it. Anyway, listen, that's my opinion. Let me know what you think. You can reach me on email, borealisrescue.gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like my content or do you want to argue with me, go to my website, www.borealisfitmers.com. Hit the subscribe button. You get a free email every morning with all the content, podcasts, blogs, my appearances in the media, etc., etc., sent to you every day. I'd love to hear what you think. If you disagree with me, please let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to enter into a debate, a conversation. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.